Turn our Bible this morning to the book of Acts once again, Acts chapter number 26, Acts chapter uh, number 26, and we look forward to uh, the message this morning and then a uh, good day in the Sunday school hour and then the service this evening, and uh, it's just wonderful to be in God's house all day long. Acts chapter number 26, and I'm going to uh, read the first six verses. And uh, then I'm going to want you to keep your Bibles open because we'll refer uh, to several verses in this chapter that we're not going to read this morning. We'll be in the chapter of Acts, chapter number Acts 26 this morning. And of course, to remind you of the context and where uh, we are at in Scripture, uh, Paul uh, is in uh, captivity. Paul is in uh, prison. Uh, He is answering the charges that have been brought up against him. Uh, Many have conspired to kill the Apostle Paul uh, simply because of his message, because of uh, the ministry that God has given him. And we're going to find, I believe, a very uh, interesting and helpful truth this morning in Acts chapter number 26. Let's begin reading in verse number 1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. Paul begins to answer the charges that have been made against him. He uh, speaks and ends in verse 5, reminding uh, us and reminding the king that uh, he was of the strictest sect uh, of the religion, that of the Pharisees. Uh, King Agrippa is aware of Uh, customs. King Agrippa is aware of the way things had always been done. And we have read, we were in part of it last week, but if we were to continue to read, uh, Paul is going to begin uh, giving his testimony again. He's going to talk of uh, the things he did to persecute the church and uh, how he was uh, a zealot in in those things. And uh, then how he met Jesus on that Damascus road and how uh, that changed everything when the Lord saved him. But I want to draw your attention to verse number 6, and I want you to uh, look with me again at verse 6. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. Before, Paul was about a set of rules and religion. Before, Paul was in the business of pleasing religious man. Before, that was his motivation, and that was his uh, drive, if you will. But now he stands in front of the king because of and holding to the hope of the promise made of God. This morning, I want to speak on this subject. Don't lose hope in the promise. Don't lose hope in the promise. Father, I pray this morning... Uh, that uh, you would meet with us. Uh, Father, the uh, fellowship, has, uh, all, as it always is, is encouraging. The, 
The music has been uplifting. Uh, but Father, now as we open the Word of God, we need You uh, to speak to us. We need You to work in our hearts. I pray the Holy Spirit of God this morning would have liberty. I pray that He would do what only He can do. Father, if there's one unsaved, uh, one who, who've never put uh, their faith and trust in Jesus, Father, I pray that uh, they'll get that settled this morning. They'll call on the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, I pray that we'll all be reminded this morning of the hope that is in the Lord Jesus, the hope uh, that is of you. I pray you bless our time together, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We find the Apostle Paul, as we've mentioned, in a uh, difficult situation. The, uh, those of the uh, Jewish religion, those of the Pharisees, those of that which he was, uh, have conspired to kill him because now he preaches a different message. He stands in this situation because he has been liberated uh, from the bondage of religion, the bondum, uh, bondage of working your way to heaven. He has been delivered uh, by meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he stands, and if you know what happens with the Apostle Paul, or you were to read the rest of the book of Acts, you know that Paul is getting closer to his goal of getting to Rome uh, to preach the gospel. And ultimately, uh, his life here on this earth is going to come to an end. And he's facing all of these charges. He's facing all of these uh, accusations. And finally, when he answers for himself, uh, he stands in verse number 6 and says, I now stand and am judged. For the hope of the promise made of God. Paul finds himself in a difficult situation. He finds himself in prison. He finds himself not wondering if today is the day those that have conspired against me are going to get to me. If they are going to, today is going to be my last day here on this earth. He finds himself in an interesting situation because, and don't miss this, he's in this situation because of the hope of the promise made of God. Because he's not just now repeating what, what the law. He's not just having preaching a message of hope in a, a religion. He is now preaching of the promise, of the hope in the promise made of God. He is now here because of that, but don't miss this, Christian. The, what has got him in this situation is the very thing that strengthens him in the situation. Now that he is in prison of preaching of a risen Savior, it is that promise that sustains him. And now that he finds himself in difficulty and he hears the chatter of those that would uh, take his life and wants to silence him forever, he finds himself standing before the king. Can you imagine the setting, if you will, you are now being judged in front of the one who can decide, do you live or do you die? Does your dream of getting to Rome, does it end today? The hall that is there, his accusers that are there, the setting that is there, and once he begins to speak in, in front of King Agrippa, and one thing you know of the Apostle Paul, he is not intimidated by King Agrippa or any man because of his relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And let me just intersect that, that, that put that in this morning. The more time you spend with God, the less impressed you are with man, the less impressed you are with principalities. Paul is bold in his defense, but he, he says, I stand here and am judged. The very thing that I am being judged by is the very thing that sustains him. It's the hope of the promise made of God. These were not ideal circumstances, but yet we don't find Paul losing hope. Sometimes it's 
I think we as Christians have got to be reminded that life circumstances are not more difficult for God than your lost condition was. If you're saved this morning, you are saved because of the payment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we as Christians, we face difficulties in life. We face circumstances that we don't know how we're going to endure them. We, we, we get disappointed and sometimes friends stand against us and family stands against us and, and life is just unfair and sometimes life can just treat you poorly and sometimes it's, it, it, it's, it's change of health and just change of circumstances and disappointments in life and sometimes we get so hopeless and so discouraged. Friend, let me remind you this morning and let me challenge you, don't lose hope in the promise of God that once saved, you're always saved. Don't lose hope of the promise of God that you are a child of His. And if He can save your soul, if He can forgive you of your sins, He can sustain you when you stand before an earthly king. He can sustain you when you go from prison to prison. He can sustain you in poor circumstances. He can sustain you when you're all by yourself. He can sustain you when you've been forsaken by mankind. Don't lose hope in the promise of God. Too many Christians have forgotten that they're a child of God. Too many Christians have forgotten that Jesus has saved them. Too many Christians have forgotten that there is a king that sits on an eternal throne that is greater and above every earthly power, every earthly principality. Sometimes Christians forget that the great physician is greater than any disease. Sometimes Christians forget that the all-knowing one is greater than our shortcomings and our confusion. Sometimes we as Christians forget that there is one that sticketh closer to than a brother that in the midst of our, our being forsaken and having friends turn their back on us, friend, don't lose hope in the promise. There's nothing more discouraging than talking to a discouraged Christian. If there's any group of people that should have hope this morning, it is the redeemed, it is the saved, it is the child of God. If there's any uh, who is on the top side this morning, if there's any group uh, that should be excited for tomorrow and excited to see what life brings them, it is the child of God. You may say, Pastor, you don't understand the problems I brought in here this day. I'm not minimizing your problems. I just want to maximize the greatness of a God. And if He can save your soul and He can keep you out of the flames of hell and He can make you a joint heir with Christ... Friend, your problem is, is no match for an almighty God. And we find here Paul, the optimist. Not because of optimal circumstances. He was an optimist because he has an omnipotent God. I stand here, king, and I'm being judged. The whole reason we're here is because of the hope of the promise made of God. And friend, I don't know all of your difficulties. I don't know all of the things that you have to deal with. And I know there's burdens represented here this morning. And I know there's difficulty represented here this morning. 
If you don't have it today, you need to file this away. It doesn't matter what life brings you. You hold on to the hope. Don't lose hope in the God that saved you. Don't lose hope in the God that holds you in His hand. And friend, life down here may disappoint you. And life down here may bring you things you never anticipated. But this is just a vapor. This is an eternity. There's an eternity that will spend with no difficulty, no hardship, no pain, no suffering. We'll spend all of eternity with, with the almighty, eternal, a holy God who loved us enough to save us and that hope ought to sustain us. You will face problems. Don't lose hope in the promise. You will face difficulties. Don't lose hope in the promise. I don't know, I don't think any of us are going to face what Paul has faced. But he never lost hope in the promise. Let me give you some things about the promise this morning with the time that we have. Let me remind you, it's a divine promise. It's divine in its origin. Look at verse 6. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God. Friends, this morning, let me help you with something. Say, Pastor, how can you be so optimistic? Because I've got a book of promises that have come from heaven. I've got a book of promises that come from a God who cannot lie. I've got a book of promises uh, that there's a record that if God said it, it's going to take place. If God promises, it's going to be fulfilled. And friend, you and I, we need to hold on to the hope of that promise. We need to be reminded this morning, I don't have to lose hope in the promise because of where the promise came from. Because the promise comes from a God who is greater than all things. My hope this morning is in the promises of a God. You say, well, you seem too optimistic. How you know that's all going to work out? Uh, Pastor, if you knew the problems, hey, don't look at the problems. Hold on to the hope. Remember who the promise came from. The promise didn't come from mortal man. The promise didn't come from another sinner. The promise came from an almighty God. See, the pro- a promise is only as good as the ability of the one who made the promise to fulfill it. Men make a lot of promises. You've heard the saying, don't make a promise you can't keep. That's good advice. We tell our children, don't make a promise you can't keep. We don't want to do business with those who make promises they can't keep. But friend, aren't you glad when we deal with God, there's never been a promise that He can't keep? There's never been a promise that He will not keep? And friend, you can keep the hope of the promise. You say, well, pastor, uh, this this has been settled. This has taken place here. I can't go back and change what's already been done. I can't go back and change these circumstances. I'm going to deal with this the rest of my days. Friend, the rest of your days is up but a vapor. There is a God who is above all things. And I'm just going to hold on to that promise. And I'm going to hold on uh, to the promise that there is a God that changes not. The promise is divine in its origin. Don't lose sight of that. It's made of God. Christian, if you're discouraged this morning, if you've lost hope in the promise, could it be because you've forgotten who's made the promise? How do I I know I'm saved this morning? Because God says so. Well, I need a little more than that. I don't. 
Because I have a God who is, who, is, who is above our ways. I have a God who is above all things. I have a God who is, who is not capable of not fulfilling His promise. I don't have to look down here at circumstances. I don't have to look at my own goodness and my own failures and my own successes. I have a God that has promised me that if I put my faith and trust in the everlasting one and His payment on Calvary, then I have nothing to worry about as far as my eternity is concerned. And life may not turn out down here like I want it to. And I might have to face some things down here I don't want to. But friend, I tell you this morning, you're looking at a pastor who is not discouraged. You're looking at a pastor who's not without problem. I mean, look around. I've got problems this morning. But I'll tell you this morning, I'm not discouraged. I'm as hopeful as I have ever been. Why? Because I have a God who has promised that if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, I have a God who has promised that in the darkest of hours, there he will be. I have a God who makes promises that he is not only capable of keeping, he intends to keep everyone. Remember, the promise that you hold to is divine in origin. I'm afraid sometimes Christians, the way they live, the way they act, the way they complain, the way they're discouraged, they don't think this book is true. Why is it that we think it's true in the sense to save us, but it's not true in the sense to sustain us in our life? It is true enough to keep us out of hell, but it's not true enough to keep us looking to heaven. Well, hold on to the promise because it's divine in origin. Secondly, I want to point out to you that the, the, the promise is gracious in its character. Probably the best known verse of the Bible, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever, that's gracious. It's gracious promising a whosoever, anybody, can hold to that promise, can grab a hold of that promise. Friend, aren't you glad that God is not a respecter of persons? Aren't you glad that anybody who comes to him and says, I am a sinner, I, 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 I fall short of God's your glory without your son and the payment of your son. I cannot get to you, God. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for my salvation. And they put their faith and trust in Christ. Aren't you glad? And let me just tell you this morning, anybody who comes by faith to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ... Everybody's been accepted. Nobody's been rejected. Nobody's been turned away. You have to come through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But everybody who's ever come to Him, it doesn't matter what they've done in the past. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks they've come from. It doesn't matter what nationality or what language they speak or don't speak. If they come to God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, He has is, he is never turned anyone away. He is a gracious God. It is a gracious promise friend this morning, that ought to encourage you because uh, you know yourself but let me tell you who else knows you. There's an almighty God that knows everything about you, everything you've ever done, every thought you have ever had in your mind and yet He still loves you enough to send His Son to pay for every one of those sins. Don't tell me God is an unloving God. Don't tell me God is a stingy God. God is a gracious God. God is a good God. And friend, this morning, I stand encouraged 
encouraged. Why? Because I've got a gracious God. And if He was gracious enough to send His Son to die for me, then I've got a God that's gracious enough to sustain me in my difficulties today and sustain me in my path today and to give me the strength to go another day. Friend, if He was gracious enough to save you, He's gracious enough to sustain you in your daily walk of life. It's gracious in his character. Paul says, I now stand with hope in the promise. I never lost hope in the promise. Christian, don't lose hope in the promise. We see thoroughly this morning. It is great in what the promise contains. You, know, you sometimes you you may do business, whether it's buy some service or buy a vehicle or whatever, and here's this offer. And it sounds great, and then you read the fine print. You have to meet all of these qualifications, or the headline doesn't mean exactly what the headline means when you put it in context of all of this. But here's a promise. Here's a hope that when you read the fine print, it's better than what you first thought it was. Well, I've, I, I've come across a, a lot of deals and things and say, well, this is good. Well, there's some fine print. It's not quite as good, but I think it's still a good deal. Friend, when you come to the promise of salvation and you get into what salvation is, it's even better than when you first heard about it. It's even better when you, when you, when you first discovered it. Now, look with me. We, we read this last, last Sunday, but look with me in verse number 18. Paul is telling his mission now to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. And then he specifies what is received with salvation, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. How great is that promise? Friend, this world can mistreat you, and if you're saved this morning, you hold on to all my sins have been forgiven. The devil wants to remind you what you were, what you used to do. You've got a great promise for you to hold on to. And let me tell you, the devil is good at discouraging you. The devil is good at telling you you're not worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's certainly a true statement. But friend, aren't you glad there is a great promise of God that included in that promise is forgiveness of sins. This morning, I rejoice in the fact I'll never spend a moment in a devil's hell. I rejoice in the fact that I have a home being constructed for me by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And I'll spend all of eternity there. I don't fear my eternity. But friend, I'm glad that while I continue on this journey, I don't have this baggage of guilt of my sins. They have all been forgiven. They are all under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why in the world are we discouraged this morning? Why in the world are we thinking of quitting on God because of our circumstances, because of our difficulty? Friend, this morning, don't lose hope in the promise. Included in that promise is the forgiveness of your sins. But the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them. Oh, you keep reading about that promise, about that contract that the God in heaven made with you because of the Lord Jesus Christ. You keep reading, and not only do you have forgiveness of sins, but the Bible tells us that we are become children of God. God, our Heavenly Father. You know, some of us were 
born into less than ideal circumstances. Some were born into very meager homes. Some, unfortunately, your testimony would be you were born into abusive situations, neglected situations. You were born into circumstances if you could have chosen, you would not, you would not have chosen what you were born into, but it's the way God designed it. But friend, we're talking about a new birth through salvation where God chose you. Where God chose us. Anybody who wants to be a child of God, if they'll come through the Lord Jesus Christ, that means I have an inheritance. What is my inheritance? Everything that God is. Everything that God has. I have access to God. I have God. Friend, have you forgotten? You say, well, I lost everything down here and, and I had all of these things did not work out the way. When I got here, I didn't think I'd be in this circumstance. Have you forgotten uh, who your heavenly father is? Have you forgotten the hope and the promise of what you and I will have on the other side of eternity? All that is God's is ours. My goodness, what a promise. My, my, how in the world can we be discouraged? Not only do I have to go through this life and face struggles and circumstances, but I can be reminded, I can hold on to the hope and the promise, my sins have been forgiven. This morning when God looks at me, He sees me a lot different than this world does. He looks at me and He sees somebody who has the same record as His perfect Son. My sins have all been forgiven. Friend, it's not God bringing your sins up. It's not God making you feel guilty for your sins because when God sees you, He doesn't see those sins. They are as far removed as the east is from the west. How in the world can we be hopeless this morning? How in the world can we be ready to quit this morning? I go through life with forgiveness forgiveness of sins. And not only that, I'm a child of the Father. I am joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that heaven has, oh, I'm going to receive it one day. Oh, that eternal life, I have it for all, all time. Boy, I have got a promise of an inheritance. But not only that, he says, them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. It's amazing to see what God does in the life of a Christian and how he changes people from the inside out. Well, I, Pastor, after I got saved, I look back before I got saved, I don't have those same desires. I don't have, I don't have those same habits. I don't have all those things. Friend, it wasn't a, a, a self-help group that helped you do that. It was, it was God who has changed you. It is God who is working in you. It is God being, you're sanctified. You're set apart. It is God doing a work in you that only he could do. Friend, I look at that promise. I look at the hope that I have in that promise. And I'm reminded not only how gracious it is, but how great it is and everything it contains. Fourthly and finally, I'll remind you this morning that the promise is realized in the person of Jesus Christ. What is the promise? What is the hope? We can talk about it and talk about it, and I've been talking about it for a little while. But the promise is realized. The promise is fulfilled. The promise is Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 23. 
Uh, let's go back to 22 for context. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and, show, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. Paul is speaking and telling the king that I'm just witnessing and I'm just telling what the prophets have already said that there would be one that came and he would rise from the dead. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And now we have the fulfillment of all of the promises. You say, Pastor, what, what is that hope of the promise? What is that promise that we hang on to? Very simply put, that promise is Jesus Christ. That is who we hold on to this morning. That is who, we, who the promise is this morning. That is our hope this morning in the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see what the scripture said in verse number 23? That Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead. See, I have a promise, and I have this morning, I can tell you, I know what it's like uh, to, to, to bury a child. I know what it's like to say goodbye to loved ones. I know what it's like uh, to be separated on this side of eternity. But friend, let me tell you this morning, while I'm going to send some tears down here, I am not without hope. I am not ready to give up because there is one who has conquered death. There is one who death could not contain, and it is through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can stand this morning, and I know that there are loved ones I'll see on the other side because they, through the Lord Jesus Christ, have a promise. And if He has conquered death and He conquered the grave, then that's our hope. And that's what we have our hope in. That is the promise that we have. Because if he could not overcome death, then how could we overcome the grave? And he has been resurrected. See, friend, there's a lot of people who believe that Christ was crucified. And this is a lot of what Paul dealt with in the Scripture. They didn't believe he had been resurrected. And friend, this morning I will submit to you that the Lord Jesus Christ is not only not in a tomb. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And oh, the hope, that blessed hope of eternal life that we as a Christian hold to. I don't know what life is going to bring down the road down here. And I don't know what burdens that we're going to have to carry beyond what we're carrying today. And I don't know how unfortunate circumstances are going to enter the life of the Christian, but I do know this, that we have a God who is above all of it. We have one, the Lord Jesus Christ, who death could not hold, who the grave could not contain, and He conquered death and hell. He paid your sin debt, but He rose victorious. I have a Savior. You say, Christian, why are you so encouraged? Pastor, why are you so encouraged with the way things are today? Because I've got a God that I hold to, uh, who I am a joint heir with, who death could not contain Him. The grave could not hold Him. And because of His resurrection, can I tell you something? I hope that trumpet sounds because I think it'd be cool just to be raptured. I've always wanted to fly. I don't know about you. But I think that to be raptured into the clouds. But I tell you, if that's not God's timing and only the Father knows their time and life takes its natural course, 
and I take my last breath on this side, I'm not fearing it this morning. I have a hope that I'm holding to because that grave could not hold Jesus. Death could not contain Him. Let me tell you this morning, when I take my last breath down here, I will be in His presence. That is the hope I have. How can we be discouraged this morning? Why are we ready to throw in the towel this morning? Hold to the hope of the promise. Don't lose hope in the promise of eternal life. Don't lose hope in the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has already conquered greater than you're facing in your life. He's already conquered it. He's already king of all things. And He is greater than our greatest fears. Paul is going to face death. Paul's life is going to come to an end. Paul has been treated unfairly. Paul has been treated unkindly. Paul stands before the king. He says, well, here we are. I'm here because of the hope of the promise of God. He never lost sight of that hope. He never lost sight of the promise. Let me say it like this. He never lost hope in the promise. 2 Timothy chapter 4, as he writes Timothy. My time of departure is at hand. You can almost sense in the writing of that letter to Timothy the anticipation. He never lost hope in the promise. See, friend, when you, when you as a Christian, Christian makes a statement, well, I just don't know what the use is. Have you forgotten about Jesus? Well, I just didn't think things were going to turn out this way. I just, God, God hasn't been fair. Have you forgotten about Jesus? So I just, this world says that we as Christians are fools. Friend, I have a promise from a God who has never lied. I have a promise from God who is not capable of lying. If I've got to believe sinful man or a holy God, I'll just believe God. I'll place my faith right there. And friend, this morning, there's no reason. I, I, I tell you, we are human. We have fears. We have, we, have, we have things that we have to deal with. But friend, this morning, let me just challenge you. Don't lose hope in the promise. Don't lose hope in the promise. The day is coming. The church is going to be raptured out of here. The day is coming. That trumpet is going to sound. The day is coming. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We celebrate in that and we rally around that. But friend, He's Lord today. And He's on His throne today. He hasn't forsaken you today. If you are saved, by, wait, you got saved way back in the past, you're still saved today. Don't lose hope in the promise. The God who conquered death has already shown through the means of salvation that He is far greater than what you and I face. Let's take our focus off of the unanswered question and let's just hold to the answer. The Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, don't lose hope. Jesus is the fulfillment 
of that promise. I'll hold to Jesus. Let's hold to the eternal one. Father.